0: Welcome to Women Weekend, a holistic guide to wellness and abundant self love, where we navigate healing, relationships, building self confidence, and unconditional self love and acceptance for an abundant life. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. Because Guys,
1: we gotta do this together, right? Like if we're gonna just stay victims, our society, our doctors, our nurses, our teenage daughters, they need us to take a stand to become that light. Doing the shadow work and really taking ownership of, literally, like if I have relationship challenge, it's because that is the way I'm showing up, right? So if I take radical responsibility, then now when I enter, whether it's friendship, relationship, then because I am love and I'm purifying, I magnetize people who want to mirror back what I'm giving out to the world.
0: I welcome a lovely guest, Winnie Chan Wang. Winnie is the queen of compassion and transformation. In the work that she does, mixing science and spirituality as a trauma-informed licensed acupuncturist, a shadow worker, Reiki and intuitive healer, professor in acupuncture, and author of the book Honoring Darkness. On this episode, Winnie and I explore a wide breadth of topics related to how we can start to open our hearts, give love in all situations, by moving from feeling stuck in our physical and emotional pain to turning our wounds into our power, shifting from victim to author of our lives. Winnie shares about the work that she does to help people see their challenges as opportunities to identify something that's no longer serving them or something that's stuck within them that they can set free to free themselves into a more loving and higher state. We also discuss trusting the timing, being able to relax, reduce burnout, and trust that the right things will come to us. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Winnie. Welcome to the Woman Waken podcast. Hello. How are you doing?
1: Thank you, all the listeners, for tuning in today. I'm so excited.
0: Yes. Thank you indeed to everybody. And thank you, Winnie, for joining me today on the show.
1: You know, it's really funny because one of my passion in life is to bring mental wellness to other people. We have so much burnout, right? The doctors mm-hmm. are burnout after COVID. The teachers are burnout. In fact, there are some statistics that says last year, 40% of public school teachers want to quit and there's actually vacancies. So yeah, it's, it's really bad out there. You know, my friend, her daughter is in fifth grade. And all of a sudden, the fourth graders came into the fifth grader classroom because the fourth grade teacher quit. And so now the fourth graders came into the fifth grade because, well, they can't stay home. They have to go to school. And so, yeah, I became very passionate about helping to solve the burnout crisis. And, but then I realized something. I can't solve the burnout crisis if I'm burnt out. (laughs) So what we get to do as woken women is to learn to relax and just be, right? So that's literally, I'm like, okay, Winnie, you get to be the picture of relax and just be so that we can share
0: that vibration with the world. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, that's the idea. Embody what we'd like to inspire for others, be what we'd like to see more of. And when you when you speak to what's becoming a bit of a crisis in the educational system is that more and more the systems that we have in place, the lifestyle is not sustainable for a lot of people. Because it's not conducive to a healthy life, to a healthy way of being, because it's based so much more on doing rather than being.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because we've had thousands of years of patriarchy, Mm -hmm. we judge each other by things we can see on the outside, right? Okay. How much money do you make? And what clothes are you wearing? So, you know, the teachers, if you look at why the teachers quit, a lot of them say, oh, I don't even have time to pee. So, you know, from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., there's no time to eat, no time to drink water. And I have so much gratitude and compassion For these teachers, I mean, bless their heart, this is such a low-paying job. But yet, because they love children and they love education, they serve so unconditionally. Yet, I also think that the teachers to get to take responsibility, if I vibrate compassion and forgiveness to everyone who shows up late to my meetings, or maybe they drop the ball on something... Then I can also give myself a little room. Okay, you know what? I'm going to let myself go to bathroom when I want to. I'm going to give myself the grace period that I give to my clients when they're late to a meeting and being very generous in the way that I give forgiveness and compassion. And so what I find is, you know, for example, sometimes I put on event and, The sound quality isn't quite right or the microphone is not working. They can't hear the music over Zoom.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But, you know, my people are very understanding when, you know, the sound isn't working or there's Wi-Fi issue. So, yeah. So I think that it's, it's how if we are generous to other people, then other people are also generous to us. Yes,
0: absolutely. And something I've been exploring and hearing about a lot recently is having an open heart, having your heart open. To me, that's a very feminine concept, feminine attribute. Again, not based on male or female, but when we're in more of our divine feminine, we feel safe. We feel connected to one another. So our heart's open. When we're able to do that, we realize the power of giving and receiving. Right. And we realize that we have more to give when we're being open hearted, loving towards others, and that we can, and then others tend to soften and feel comfortable being loving and kind towards us.
1: Yeah. That this open heart is a really important concept because, so I'm 43 years old. I am the mother of two teenage daughters. And I want to share that there was a time when I want to lovingly call myself the monster mom. <laughs> because I would give to my children, but not from a place of unconditional love, but from a place of scarcity. So, what that looks like is I would do all these things for my children, for example, drive them to school, cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you know, do laundry and all these things, but because I wasn't good at receiving as in my heart wasn't open. So I give, and then if other people don't obey me and don't appreciate me and don't reciprocate what I give to them, I get resentful. Yeah, that's right. I get resentful and I hold grudges against my ex-husband. I hold grudges against my children and I'm just walking around angry at everybody right? And what I realized, there's nothing wrong with a mother who wants to give. So now I give and I give and I give and I don't have to worry about quote, over giving, because my heart is open. And for example, I let you nourish me, I let the audience nourish me, I let everybody give to me. So you know, what it means to be a divine feminine channel is that we let everything and everyone love us, protect us, and support us. And so the more open we are to receiving, then the more we can give.
0: Yes, absolutely. Because everything is needs to be a symbiotic reciprocal relationship. We can't just give unendingly. We're not, you know, we're not built that way. We we're able to have energy. We are able to give energy by receiving energy. You know, I use the analogy often that we're, it's no different than our relationship with nature and trees. If trees did not receive CO2 from us, it couldn't give us the oxygen that keeps us alive. We keep each other alive. And that's the same way it is between humans. You know, if one person's always just giving, 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 they're going to be depleted. No one's that superhuman that in this physical world, they can just be a source for others. We're we're all working together here. So I imagine this ties in pretty strongly with your work in all regards, Winnie, because so you are the queen of compassion and transformation is sort of your title, which is a beautiful title. I love that. And. You know, I think that compassion is a big component of this shift because compassion means seeing something from someone else's perspective, right? It means understanding someone else's experience, moving out of ourselves into the bigger picture, into the bigger self, which is you and I are connected. It's not just about my experience, my story, it's about your experience, your story. And that kind of compassion can lead to transformation and the best kind of transformation because it relieves us of what they call the bondage of self, right? When we're so wrapped up in our own experience and us needing to get certain things and have certain things and be treated a certain way and seen a certain way that keeps us bound in these constraints. But when we start to recognize, maybe I can just accept things as they are, accept myself as I am, I can always strive to grow to change, to evolve, but I can accept myself at each step. We transform into a more loving, free being.
1: Absolutely. I love what you said that we take CO2, the trees take CO2 and that they actually give back oxygen. And I really think that that is a real gift as a woman, you know, this mother earth, Mm. the trees, We can take CO2 and turn back into oxygen. And one of the mistakes that I made as a mother is that I am, or used to be, judgmental, right? So let's say my kids have a hard day and then they come home, they're teenagers, they're moody and they are kind of rude to me, you know? And then the mistake I make would be that I judge them. You know what? I'm your mother. You shouldn't talk to me this way. You should love me, appreciate me, respect me, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But then I'm really disconnected to my divine feminine power, right? Because if I'm the embodiment of divine feminine, I can absorb all of my kids' frustration and stress and then give love back to them. So, for example, you know, right now we're in the last part of the academic year. So my daughter is stressed out about all the AP exams that she has to take. She's like, mom, can you make the chemistry test go away? I'm like, well, I can't make the chemistry test go away, but you can share your stress and your frustration with me, right? I I can recycle that. I can absorb your stress and give you love because I can, if I connect to the tree and, it's kind of like this. If I take the frustration from my daughter and then I go to a tree and I give my frustration to the tree, I take the love from the tree and I go back to my daughter and give her the love, right? So I am just the channel that stands between the tree
0: and my daughter. Beautiful. So Winnie, part of your work is helping people to turn their wounds into their power. And that's a big part of my work and, you know, as as a therapist, but also work I've done myself because we all have wounding from our lives and we can either kind of keep that wound alive and, you know, really kind of thriving within us, or we can shift it and help it to heal. So it becomes a scar, which then becomes, you know, sort of a mark of power right a i often say that the things that we overcome the things that we heal from become like a badge of honor that we can wear and because then once we wear it with pride like this is what i went through this is my healing journey this is what i've overcome people can see it they'll see our badge and say oh my gosh you went through that how did you get over that what did you do so it does become our superpower cuz we can say yeah i did go through that and it was terrible And I went through hell, but guess what? I made it through and I'm here. And now I have this new superpower to share. I think the problem is that most people don't see it that way. A lot of us stay stuck in the victim mentality where it feels like, why did this happen to me? And I'll never get over that this happened to me and not being able to transmute that and transform our wounds into power. So how do you help people shift from victim to sort of the, you know, the superhero, the the victor of their life, victim to victor.
1: Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that question, and I love that we're so aligned in our work. So I am very fortunate to be a licensed acupuncturist that specializes in releasing trauma from the body. So what that means is, the body keeps a score, right? So usually people come to me and they have. A physical symptom. For example, this morning I had a client, she was coughing and she couldn't get rid of her cough. And it's not because she caught COVID. It's not because she has a cold. And it turns out that this cough is related to fear and to anger. So I'm very fortunate in that I have this training that can help people release the trauma from the body using a combination of spiritual techniques and five elements, that's traditional Chinese medicine. And yeah, so my passion is to help acupuncturists and talk therapists to come together in collaboration so that they can forward clients to one another because... This is what I say, right? So let's say somebody says, Winnie, I have an eye problem. I can't see out of my left eye. And then I said, okay, well, anger is stored in the liver and liver opens in the eyes. So when I do acupuncture, I can help move the anger out of your liver and out of your channels. However, but if you don't go to talk therapy and you don't transform the conversations that gave you the anger, in three days, your your eyesight will deteriorate again. That's why some people are like, oh, I go to acupuncturist, but I don't know why I still have this problem. I said, because you need both acupuncture and you need talk therapy, right? So, but then if all you did was talk therapy, that anger is in your liver. It's in your eyes. So you can talk and talk and talk, but then it's stored in the body. You still need to hire that plumber Mm -hmm. to help you move that out of your body, right? So so that's why I started a nonprofit because I really want to promote that people need to heal at the soul, mind, and body level, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to experience acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. You know what? It's so great. All you have to do is lie on a table and then somebody is literally removing all the traffic jam, all the blocks that are stored in your body. Isn't that great? But that itself is not enough. You got to go get a talk therapy session so that you can change some of the conversations that generated the anger in the first place.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, how do you empower people? Like after they've started to heal, what changes do you notice? Because I, you know, when people have wounding past trauma, it often keeps them from the things they really want in life. Personally, like in their body, they can have a lot of ailments, right? They don't feel healthy. They don't feel like at their top peak health level because they're struggling with just, you know, they can have eye issues. They can have, you know, muscle issues. They can have back pain, whatever it is, but also it can keep them from the relationship they might want from the success they might be seeking. So where do you see there being a turning point when people, as you, you state move from feeling like a victim to really coming into their power?
1: Sure. So let me give an example. So I had this client He's so young. He's only 25 years old, yet he had leaking urine, as in he has pelvic floor dysfunction. So he walked around and he saw all kinds of Western medicine with no help. And so I explained that this is related to the fear, right? So at the same time that we did acupuncture and we transformed some of the fear, but what is he really afraid of? he's really afraid of his source power. He's really afraid of all the gifts that he came with. He's afraid of his sole purpose. So through private sessions and group classes, he actually is now a healer, (laughs) right? So people come to me and they're like, oh my God, Winnie, I walk around and I sometimes suddenly have a urine leakage and it's very embarrassing. How do you have you know, sexual relations or how do you go on dates if you have this problem to all the way, hey, you know what, I'm a healer and I can help other people heal. So yeah, so absolutely. What I want to tell everybody is whatever physical or emotional thing that you're struggling with, if you are willing to receive help from, you know, people who've done this, as you said, people who have walked this path, who have transformed themselves, then you too can be a light in the world. And I love this so much because it's kind of like this. If I am a candle and you are a candle and I use my candle, the fire, the flame to light your candle, now you're a candle, right? Now you can go and lit other people.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. You can spread your light if but you have to have your light burning, right? You have to be lit up yourself in order to light up others. Right. So how do you help people do that? How do, do you feel like you help this individual to feel in their power and like they were they had, you know, light to offer when it sounds like that person went from a place of feeling really possibly embarrassed or shameful around what was happening for them?
1: Yeah. So really this is a commitment. It's a commitment. It's kind of like doing push-ups and sit-ups, right? You don't do push-up for one day and then you're like, ah, I'm getting stronger. I mean, yes, you did get stronger, but you really want to do push-ups at least three times a week if you want to get stronger, right? Why do we do sit-ups? We do sit-ups so that we can enjoy life, so we can go hiking, we can go dancing, right? so it is the same thing that all of us get to regularly examine our thoughts and cultivate our spiritual channel we, we you know there's just no way around it you know how you diet how you exercise how you sleep how you meditate everything shows right your body is the report card your finance your relationship so is your bank account flourishing? Are the relationships in your life flourishing? How is your physical health? So all of this is the report card of the work that you've been doing.
0: So it kind of shows, is what you're saying, that it the effort you put in is going to show up and present itself. So, And I think that that's accurate, that it can feel like building our own self-respect, self-esteem, self-confidence, self-love feels kind of intangible, it can feel challenging. It's one thing to want to get our body in shape, right? I think that's why people, people can often fixate on that and can almost, you know, it can become an addiction to exercise and muscle strengthening Is to, if you push and push and push yourself then you can get stronger and stronger. But just as you said, it's always the trifecta it's mind, body, and soul, not just body. So sometimes we feel like, okay, well, I can get a workout regimen de- done. I can do this. But building self-esteem and confidence and self-love is also a workout and a commitment. It takes continuous effort. It's not like a one-time thing. I think sometimes we think that certain people just have it and some don't, you know? And I think that my personal belief is based on nature and nurture, how we come into the world. I think it's past life stuff, very complex. Our emotional history that goes way, way back beyond this lifetime contributes to our innate resting base level of self-esteem, of self-confidence, of our self-concept. I think some of us have a, are, sort of have a lower baseline than others. However, that doesn't mean that we can't work at it, right? I had a woman on the show once who focused on triumph over trauma, and that's what she basically became a self-confidence coach, a self-esteem coach, where she said, she said you have to establish a daily routine that somehow contributes to you building your self-confidence and self-concept so that – because the problem is that when we face different situations, when we have something that feels shameful or embarrassing, when we have a conversation that doesn't go well, when we have an interaction that feels uncomfortable or unpleasant, when we might feel judged or criticized or rejected, if we haven't built that muscle, we can just kind of fall over in terms of feeling like I knew that I wasn't good enough falling back into that victim mentality, right? Where we feel bad for ourselves. We feel like I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy of stepping into my power. I don't know what my power is. And that's when we're not really having, you know, you speak of compassion. We need to have compassion for ourselves, right? So I think that, do you help people with that at all is to build their self-concept or tools or sort of tips to do that?
1: Yes. So Brene Brown says vulnerability is the foundation for connection, right? And I really, really, really think that as divine feminine, vulnerability is the most powerful thing. And so basically in all of my, whether it's private or group session, I share a lot of my struggle as well, you know, I spent 43 years feeling like a victim. So whenever things that don't go my way, I will be like, why? Why me? Why is this happening to me? And I would cry in the bathtub. I would feel sad and sorry for myself. And, you know, one day I realized this. So right now in the United States, 25% of teenage girls have intrusive thoughts of killing themselves. And I have a teenage daughter. And one day I just woke up, right? So science says that our prefrontal cortex is not developed until they're 25, So what that means is my daughter's emotional stability, you know, it's like she has mirror neurons and she is picking up on what I'm picking up. So if I indulge in the luxury of feeling like a powerless victim, oh, I don't know why this is happening to me. Oh, life sucks. Oh, I can't do this. I will want to be here. If I have this in my vibrational field, Right then that is what I'm feeding my daughter. And one day I just woke up, I said, Winnie, you have to be strong because if you are strong, then you are that woman, that one with the wolves. You got to give this to your daughter. And I always say, so nothing makes a mother stronger than when their children are at risk, right? And here's the reality. Our daughters, they go to school. They're sitting in a classroom. It's kind of like catching COVID, right? So if somebody in the classroom has COVID, then your child go to school, they can catch COVID. If somebody in the classroom have intrusive thoughts, your child can catch intrusive thoughts. And I know that when they go to school, they're going to be in an environment that where they're exposed to intrusive thoughts. So when they come home, I better make sure that I give them the cleanest vibration possible. And that is why I and four other authors are writing this book called Unlocking Light, where we unlock the light in the soul, heart, mind, energy, and body level. Because I tell myself, Winnie, you cannot afford to be a victim because if you're a victim, what about your daughters, right? And so I just said, Winnie, be a light because your daughters need it. And if my daughters can unlock their light, then they can bring that light back into the classroom. Yeah, so... I would love if everybody check out my website, mindfulhealingheart.com slash unlocking light. And you can put your email address and find out because guys, we got to do this together, right? Like if we're going to just stay victims, our society, our doctors, our nurses, our teenage daughters, they need us to take a stand to become that light.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I'm actually reading now this book called The Untethered Soul. I think it's Michael Singer. Have You ever heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. And he mentions, he, he talks about having an open heart, right? Which essentially is moving out of victim mentality. It's because when you're, when you're in victim mentality, your heart is closed. you I speak of this a lot in the show, but it's you're moving into fear. You're saying there's not enough. There's not enough love. There's not enough acceptance. I have to cultivate it. I have to, you know, greedily keep it to myself. I have to close off. And we think that it keeps us safe, but it actually keeps it's what keeps us sick. It's what keeps us depressed. It's what keeps us disconnected. It's what keeps us anxious. That closing off that we think is protecting us is killing us, literally. So he speaks to that when you open your heart, that is also. A skill, a habit you have to act on. You have to get used to the moment you just described where when, you, when we feel ourselves wanting to feel bad for ourselves, go into that victim mentality, we have to identify that moment and say, wait, wait, I have other people watching me. I'm affecting other people's energy fields, right? And that can be hard to do in the moment. However, when you start, maybe the first time you can't do it, right? Maybe the first time you're like, I'm in such a bad mood. I just, I can't get out of it. Try again tomorrow, right? But eventually you'll be able to say, okay, I'm feeling threatened. I feel like I want to go into that hole of victimhood, but I'm going to take a second to tap into my heart and see if I can keep it open. And what he, what Michael Singer says in his book is that once, if you do that enough, your heart will be always open. And the thing is that you're an open heart is the best feeling in the world. It's scary at first because it feels vulnerable. And you do wonder, you're like, I can't, I don't have that much to give. Because we have this mindset of lack, right? Where we're like, I can't be that vulnerable in giving. But when we start to do it, it's just as we talked about earlier, people will respond to it and give love back to you. And then you're in this amazing exchange of open-hearted love with others. And you just said, when you just kind of put out a call of like, we need to do this. And the reason is because once we all start doing this, all of us will be doing it all the time. Can you imagine how different our world would be if our hearts were open yes. all the time? If everyone's hearts, if the majority, if the you know critical, if we reach critical mass of people with their hearts open, we would see a giant decrease in disease and suicidality and suicide, which it now is at a fever pitch.
1: It is. It is. We're hitting
0: peak rates. And I always say that if, if, you know, if we need an indication that the way that we're living life on this planet is dysfunctional, look at suicide. That's not a normal desire or want of a soul. The soul will never want to end its experience because the soul knows that it came here To experience exactly what it experiences, and that kind of goes back to you helping people shift and turn their wounds into power because wounds and pain is inevitable. I believe that we come to Earth to have the unique experience of feeling hurt. Right, the soul in its perfect state in the spirit realm. I'm getting a little esoteric here, but it's kind of my. (laughs) I love it. It doesn't experience pain. So it doesn't know how to have to get hurt and then recover. Recovery is a brilliant thing. It's an exquisite process. How can something be harmed but then rise back into fullness? That's the unique experience we get on this planet. But what we tend to do is discount it and discredit it as something that's horrible and that, that taints us, that we're not good anymore because we've been abused or addicted or we did something shameful not true. So when we're able to embrace our wounds and use it as our power, then we're really kind of having the exact journey that our soul intended for this lifetime. Exactly. And I thank you for
1: emphasizing opening heart and the importance of this community that we all do it together You know, there's actually in quantum physics, a formula says E equals CA squared. So the amount of energy that we can generate is amplitude squared, right? So if I am doing my Qigong at home by myself, then one squared is still one. So that's a small amount of healing energy that I can produce. And that's why I have this free weekly Qigong class every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific time because A squared, right? So if we get 10 people in the room, 10 squared is 100. If we get 100 people, 100 squared is 10,000. So if a lot of people can come together and do
0: qigong, then we can really generate huge healing energy. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds incredible. That sounds beautiful. Is that something you work with on with your clients to do it like an at home practice? Do you find that that's something that people can do when they're feeling maybe disconnected from their energy and the energy around them?
1: Yeah. So thank you for asking why I do this. So what I find is I believe that wellness belongs to everyone, regardless of income level, as I'm sure that's why you started this podcast, you know, so to be in my private coaching might be expensive, but then I want to also offer something that is by donation. So if you have $20, you put in $20. If you don't have, you can help, you know, do emails or there's like a volunteer program. So everybody can give. One of the things I know is that ego, the me, me, me creates 90% of physical relationship and financial challenges. So it is really important to give. If you've never tried giving before, giving is magical. You can give money, you can give time, give services, just give and give and give because when we give, we open our hearts.
0: Yep, yeah, definitely. And again, that's such a good feeling. And we all know that feeling. You know, when we're in our ego, we want to be the one that receives, right? We're like, well, I should be getting this. I should be getting recognition. They should be thanking me. They should be doing this. Not to say that we don't all, it's human to want some validation. It's human to want some recognition. However, when we feel dependent on it, you know, that we need to demand it or that it's necessary for us to sustain our confidence, our esteem, then we become dependent on it. So the idea is to have an internal system of sufficient esteem and love for ourselves and let compliments and recognition be sort of the icing on the top where it's like, that's so nice. That's so nice to get it. But we don't jump into ego if we don't receive it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and when we can be more into giving and recognizing how good it feels to make others feel good. I, I, there's a book that I love that's been a big game changer in my life called Conversations with God, which basically, mm. you know, sort of explains one individual's connection, channeling with Source, and there are the messages they gave around life and what it's really all about. And he says, if you the quickest way to experience something is to do it for someone else.
1: Wow. The quickest way
0: to receive something is give it to somebody. If you want to feel happy, help someone else experience happiness cuz kind of the point i was trying to get to earlier is that people will probably can remember a time where maybe you surprised somebody with something they really wanted and when you watch them feel joy you're you feel joy cuz you're like oh my gosh yay they're so happy they feel good and you are now experiencing and the point that they make in the book is that when you do that what you realize is the problem is we think we don't have something right but we do. If we can give joy to someone, that means we had it all along. Mm. So you recognize that when you give, you can understand that you are the source of that thing. It didn't come out of nowhere. When you give someone a compliment and you make them feel good about themselves, you see, oh, I can feel good about myself I because it came from me. I am the source of these things. And when we see that We don't need it from anyone else that we have it. That changes our understanding of ourselves. Do do you know what I mean?
1: I love it. I completely agree. So on the spirit that if I want something, I give it. If it's okay with you, I love to give the audience love. So unless you're driving, I invite you to close your eyes Mm. and put one hand over the heart and one hand over the lower abdomen. I'm just going to sing my love song because if I give you love, I experience love, right? Yeah. And I invite you to say your name silently to the higher spiritual realm and make a silent request to experience love. Blessing begins. How how, how. Thank you, thank you, thank you. love you love, you love you. Beautiful, Winnie. How beautiful. I what? feel a lot of love right now. Thank you for
0: reminding me. Give what you want to receive. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to keep that that beautiful song in mind, because it's such a, a powerful, a powerful sentiment to just break into a, a, a chant and a song around love to express that you know I just moved on to into a, a farmhouse a, a little house on a farm and I adore animals and they have goats and they have chickens they have a pony here the powerful thing about animals is that I don't know about you but when I go up to go visit these goats I love you oh my gosh I love you I love you but because they're animals right they're soft and furry and we feel safer you know doting on them and treating them like little kids my point is that I've noticed that I'm doing this on a daily basis now because I'm on this farm and I visit my goats every day. There's power in expressing the sentiment of love. And I think that if some people stop to consider it, let's say that you're you know, a single woman who works five days a week and you know maybe doesn't have any pets, it, they might realize it's been a long time since I told anybody I loved you or said the words, I love you out loud. So I was just thinking, it just made me think about because you singing it, I was like, what a great song to sing every day just to the world, to yourself. I love you. I love you. But if you can't, if that doesn't feel comfortable, there's other ways, right? Say it to an animal, go, you know, visit a garden and say it to the flowers, whatever feels right to you. But it just makes me think that there are some things that we feel more comfortable expressing love to and things that we don't, right? For some reason, we don't, we've decided that we don't walk around the world telling everyone we meet that we love them. Why not? There's no reason not to. It actually would be a beautiful thing. Because in truth, we do love every person that we see because love is another word for energy, for life, and we are all connected together in life. So we do love each other, whether we want to admit it or not. But we've decided that that's not what we do. You only express love to certain people. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank you for telling me. This is really (laughs) enlightening because
1: we are very powerful human beings. We're, you know, why can we tell a flower, I love you? Why can I tell a bird, I love you? But why is it? difficult to tell a human being I love you. That doesn't make any sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because when I think about another human, well, they can cook for me, they can drive me. If anything, I should love this human being. More than I love the bird who hasn't done anything for me, right? The flower hasn't actually done anything for me. So why? I mean, let's take a moment and laugh about the ridiculousness of this of the situation, right? Like yeah. why don't I call my mom and tell her I love her every day? Why don't I tell everybody I you know for all that they've done for us? Yeah. And it's actually a choice. Right? When remember we talk about the push-up example? In our head, I believe there are two voices. There's the voice of love and then there's the voice of fear. Right. So if we are undisciplined, right, let's for the analogy is if we eat without any regards of what's healthy and what's not healthy, right? If we just eat whatever and not pay attention to the quality of the food, we are what we eat. The same thing with our thoughts, right? Like if we don't discipline, and keep the loving thoughts and let go of the fearful thoughts, then that is the we feel unsafe in the world, right? We feel like, oh my God, is that person going to judge me? Oh my God, is that person going to attack me? You know, it's almost like we're creating the reality that the world is an unsafe place with all the fears, right? However... Because we can, just the same way we can have discipline with our eating and our exercise, if we practice discipline with our thoughts, I want to grow all the loving thoughts. So when I grow the loving thoughts, then everybody loves me can become my reality. Everybody loves to cook for me. Everybody loves to drive me. Everybody loves to give me hugs. Everybody loves to tell me jokes. Everybody loves to ask me for help, and I am the mirror, so I can reciprocate all of that to them. Yes,
0: gorgeous. Gorgeous. I believe we're both inspiring this. We're starting a movement. It's already even <laughs> yeah. started. It's been around a long time, right? It's what has been spoken of since the beginning of time, is this the power of love, the power of human connection. But we forget it when we dip too far into fear, into ego. But again, that's the beautiful dance that we do on this planet is how can we remember our divine soul self while still existing as an ego physical body? You know, the two can reach harmonious balance, but they can get too out of balance, right? And then we become fearful of love because love feels too vulnerable. But when we shift into recognizing the power of love, we can always lead with love and an open heart. And another thing that I think is powerful about that is that when it comes to relationships and friendships, we can always give love. And so often we feel like, well, I can only love you if you love me. (laughs) Right. Just like you were saying, like, we only, like, what have you done for me lately? Why would I love you? But when we just love people for no reason, it doesn't mean that we get taken advantage of it. It's kind of just like, let's say love is like a, a light that's, emanating from you. You can shower people in light without losing anything. Like it doesn't give once you have your heart open, you're not losing anything from that. But the problem is that if people just want to say like okay we'll just keep shining that light on me and offer nothing, you know, we can just say no, I have to move on. I just want to give you this love hug, shed my light on you and then move on. But when we when we find someone who also wants to share that light, that's when we can have I think healthy relationships. Does that make sense? The point I'm trying to make is that we can be our full loving self all the time without, even if somebody's, you know, maybe they're more in their ego and they tend to be sort of deceptive or manipulative, we can still shed their love on them. And if they, we can tell that they're just, you know, that they're just wanting to take it and not being able to match it, we can just say, best wishes to you and move on, rather than saying that we need to close off our heart because of that. And I share this because, again, I think back to the victimhood, I think a lot of us who have been in abusive relationships or unbalanced relationships where we felt like we were not valued becomes a reason to close off our heart. But when we can see that we don't lose any of our light by giving it, but we can take our light elsewhere if we don't feel that it's, you know, being shared.
1: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. So in my first book, Honoring Darkness and yes. Shadow Work mm-hmm. to my Nourish God. and Grow Your Power, I basically was the book that I wrote after my divorce. So I was with the same person for 19 years and I loved him from my ego. What can I say? You know, that, that was before I was much younger then. And I a lot of the love that I gave him wasn't true love. It, it's it's like I need you to love me back, right? And it was it was judgmental. It was conditional. It was scarce. What was really funny though was, for 19 years, I would make a checklist of things that I don't like about him. I'd say, "Oh, he is selfish." He's judgmental. He's critical. He's negative, And he's always thinking about himself. And he has anger issues. He's manipulative, all of these things. And after this guy no longer wanted to be in a relationship with me, bless his heart, I crossed out all the he. And then I put I. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, I am the selfish one. Like, I am, you know, the critical one and I am the one with anger issues. Like I need to heal my mother wounds, I need to heal my father wounds. So everything that I ever accused of him wasn't me. So exactly. So it was such a fun book for me to write because doing the shadow work and really taking ownership of literally like if i have relationship challenge it's because that is the way i'm showing up right so if i take radical responsibility then now when i enter whether it's friendship relationship then because i am love and i'm purifying i magnetize people who want to mirror back what i'm giving out to the world i really think that life is just one big game and everything is a report card. I used to think, oh my God, life sucks, life sucks. And I have all this trauma. But then when I take responsibility for cleaning up myself, right? From the fear to the love, right? So every time I transform some of my darkness to light, then there's more light in the world, you know? Yeah. So I I really wish that everybody can join us in this, Movement to unlock the light. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. And I love that you pointed that out. And thank you for sharing about your divorce and your marriage, because that's exactly what I was getting at is that I actually just did a solo episode around this, which is that I, for a long time, felt that I was being used in relationships. But it's just what you said. Then I was like, oh, but I was using them too.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because just to your point, I was trying to heal my trauma, my father wounds through them. And that's they it. were trying to heal their own wounds. So that's kind of the point I make is when you when you have a sort of a relationship based on your ego, you're both just trying to f- get your needs met and you're not thinking about the other person, right? You're just both selfishly and, and it takes that realization to say, okay, well then what do I do? My thought is that it sometimes it takes a period of solitude to get into a place where we can open our heart. We reconnect back with ourselves. We reconnect back with our soul and we say, okay, I can start practicing coming from love. And the point I was trying to make is that I think that sometimes we think we keep our heart open until we sense that somebody's not well-intentioned and we shut it off, but you don't have to do that. You can keep your heart open. And if someone seems ill-intentioned, you say, Take care. I'm going to take my love elsewhere. You don't turn it off. You just don't subject yourself to an energy that's not going to mirror what you're offering. But you can say like wishing you the highest love, the highest light. But I will no longer exchange with you when your energy is not able to match mine. That's not critical. It's just a a fact. And I think when you're in that power, then you literally walk around the world with your heart open, emanating love, and eventually you will find somebody who says, "Hey." I like that light you got. I got a light too. And you can exchange your lights. But again, my point is that it, it means that we can feel safe all the time. Being open-hearted doesn't mean that someone can take that away from us or that we have to dismantle it because yeah. somebody was using you.
1: Yeah, you bring up a really good point, right? So, okay, I want to be unconditional love, but I only have 24 hours a day and I have finite amount of time to, you know, give to projects and to people and to relationships. Yes. So then you might ask the question, okay, if I'm unconditional love, and then how do I pick and choose which people to keep in my life and which people to let go and how can I let go of people without using any like quote boundaries or walls can I keep my heart open as I let go of people and I recently learned a trick oh share with us yes the trick is to ask Does this person or this project bring me prosperity I'm going to say that again. Does this, this person or this project bring me prosperity? Yeah. And it's really very simple if you think about it because all of us are given a sole purpose, right? So the day that we we're born, what we came here to do was already written in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So I can love you But if you're not aligned with my path, then we don't walk together. It has nothing. I don't need to put boundaries. I don't need to put walls. I don't need to close my heart. You know, it's kind of like you want to go to the ocean and surf the waves. I want to go to the forest and, you know, listen to the trees, the leaves, right? So going to the beach is not better or worse than going into the forest. Mm-hmm. So if your path is going to the beach and my path is going to the forest, then if I try to go to the beach when I'm me- meant for the forest, that doesn't work. So, so now I learned that I can say no to people, yes. not because I don't love them and I don't need to put up any walls or boundaries, but simply, hey, have a good time at the beach. <laughs> I came
0: here to go to the forest. Yeah. <laughs> Peace, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Winnie. And I think that that's one of the biggest hurdles that some of us get caught up in is because our soul actually doesn't make any attachments. The soul doesn't know about attachments, right? Because the soul is connected to everything. But the ego is fine, it, it looks at form. So the ego can have a hard time of letting something go because it thinks it sees that as death, right? Again, mm-hmm. that soul knows nothing about death. The soul knows that death doesn't exist, right? But the ego says, oh my God, I can't let this person go. I can't let him go to the beach. He has to come with me to the forest because I love him or I want them in my life. But your soul is saying, no, but you've walked your path together. I think that they they have this phrase that some people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And those seasonal people can be so hard to let go of because you've shared a sacred journey together. And to recognize, maybe you experienced this when you had a divorce, where you say, this is where my path ends with you. And some people can't do it. And they'll stay in a long time in a relationship and a friendship at a job that isn't serving their soul's path anymore. It's not serving their soul's purpose. And I, that's why I think a lot of this is important to speak to because you never know whose ears this might land on, right? Which... I have to interject, Winnie. When we had our introduction call, you said something that completely switched my mindset where I was at. You told me, I was just kind of sharing about my podcast and how I'm hoping I can reach more people. And I'm hoping I can find, you know, the community that this can really serve, that this work, these messages. And you said, you know, it's important to disconnect from looking at downloads or numbers of views or likes because you can never. Know the actual ripple effect of what you've put out into the world. You can never know whose ears it's touched, whose it's affected, whose life it potentially changed. And that really hit me because I said, that's so true. You can't look at a data page and determine the emotional, energetic influence of what you put out. You just have to trust, right? Which brings me to what I'd like to close on is that. You know, we also, in our conversation, talked about trusting the process, Mm. trusting the timing, and being able to just relax and know that the right things will come to you at the right time, right? It is absolutely true. You know, I think we're all spoiled by Amazon two-day
1: prime, you know? (laughs) We click the button, then we think that it will arrive in two days, you know. We, we think like, oh, I'm manifesting a new house. It should come right now, you know. what I have learned is that there are gifts even in the waiting period because the gold is purified by fire. Right. So sometimes we sit around and it feels like, oh, my God, this is so hard. Like I'm being burned. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. But it's actually this through this process of death and rebirth that we get refined. Mm. Right. Like right now you look at me, maybe you go on social media and you see all these pictures of Winnie smiling. But actually, I remember a time when I would cry three hours a day, every day, sometimes twice a day, when I had severe anxiety and depression. And that is really because at that time, I didn't know how to trust myself. And so really, from the bottom of my heart, my wish is that you will find me or other people on social media Somebody whose story inspire you, you know? because if you see somebody smiling on social media, oh, by the way, I used to be one of these people, I would get jealous. I'm like, and that person's not even real. How can they look so happy all the time? Why are they happy? You know? Because when I was hurting, it was really hard for me to see somebody else smiling. But that's the ego, right? What I don't know is that person had to work her ass off, right? She became who she is today with years of purification. So we just look at somebody and we're like, oh, it's not fair. You know, that person has all this success. But what we don't know is they put in the work. Okay, if you look at somebody and they are inspirational, I guarantee you, They've spent 10,000 hours. So my call to action is you spend your 10,000 hours, okay? Find out who you really are. Really learn to love and trust yourself and patience, really, because 10,000 hour, it takes some time, okay? So enjoy the process of the 10,000 hour of self-discovery, love and trust.
0: Yes, absolutely. So beautifully put. And you know something for people to keep in mind is you know, describing that the emotional purging that you did, the crying, that's a part of the work. Sometimes we think, well, I haven't studied enough or I haven't put enough towards this or that, the other thing. But we have to remember that, again, mind, body, and soul. Yes, the things that we do towards what we'd like to achieve is important, but it's also the emotional work that we're doing that's allowing us to grow, that's just as important. When we go through these sort of Challenging period, the, the death and rebirth process, that's a part of the 10,000 hours. That's helping our soul grow so that our, because success is often achieved when you have evolved to the point where it's at a match, right? Where your soul is ready for that level of dedication because people want success, but they don't realize that once success catches, you're on that train and you got to keep up with the that new level of visibility and responsibility and obligations. Right. So, and sometimes you can't do that until you leveled up at a soul and emotional level. So I I just want, whoever needed to hear that, you know, just that's why it's so important to trust the process and have patience. When they say divine timing, it means because the divine has a bird's eye view. It sees the whole picture. We just see the, the groundwork and we're like, I'm ready to be there now. I'm like you said, I'm ready for the two day delivery. I'm ready for my house (laughs) to be built, but the universe knows, well, you have to build the foundation and then you build the inner structure. Then you do, you know, the walls and you know what I'm saying? Like it's a whole process and you have to trust that one thing needs to happen before the next thing can happen. It can't all happen at once. And there's, the process is way more complex than just what we see with the, with the eye. It's also energetic, metaphysic, emotional.
1: Yeah. One person gave me this really great advice. She said, Mm -hmm. just one conversation at a time, one
0: breath at a time. That's, that's Mm -hmm. it. That's all we're here to do. Yeah. And just trusting that each conversation and exchange is another little drop in this bucket that is building up to your, you know, beautiful fulfillment, right? Being fulfilled towards your higher purpose. And, and but each also drop as imperative.
1: I also really love what you said is sometimes we're like, why isn't it here yet? But that's because when we get more, we also have more responsibility. Right. Yeah. It's actually a good thing. I think that firmly when we don't have something, we're actually protected from something. Yes. Right. And and so, you know, as we close with the topic of burnout as we open with burnout, sometimes maybe we don't have the success in terms of like followers or whatever that we think we want or we deserve. But really, it's because we don't have the bandwidth to do that much. Because if God really gave us that much followers and work, we'd be burned out. So, actually, I invite everyone to consider this. You are the chief manifester of your life. So, actually, you're so smart that you know that you don't want to burn out. So, therefore, you say, please send me the number of people that I am ready to serve at this moment. I trust the universe, you know, and if the number is small, well, the universe is protecting me from burnout. So how perfect.
0: That is so completely accurate and such a good principle to remember. And the word that just came to mind is gratitude and having a practice where every day you say, thank you so much for exactly what I need at this exact moment, nothing more, nothing less. And trusting that, you know, uh, with each step, it'll be an equal, just as you said, you'll have just the right bandwidth to handle what's coming your way. And that if, you know, you take off and your business is a success or you get a new opportunity, it'll be because you're ready for it, but you weren't ready for it until that moment.
1: Yeah. This has been so fun. Thanks for having me on your podcast.
0: Yeah. Winnie, this was fantastic. Just amazing. And Winnie, if people would like to find you and perhaps get your book, Honoring Darkness. You said that was your first book. Do you have another book?
1: Yeah, so my website is mindfulhealingheart.com. If you go under book, your first book is really good if you're healing any kind of divorce, broken relationship, and it's called Honoring Darkness. And the second book is called Unlocking Light right? Because I really want everybody to unlock their light. So on the courses, if you go to five elements, I offer this weekly free class because I really want to teach everybody about Chinese medicine. And this is really my way of loving and giving to the community for people who can't afford my private session. Yeah. And then of course you can follow me on social media at mindful healing heart for many more songs and fun little
0: stories that I share. Awesome. Fantastic. Will do. I want to start coming to your class. That sounds beautiful. Well, Winnie, thank you so much for being a guest. This is such a beautiful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Love to you.
1: Love you. (laughs)